Montana. This is where Montana talks. Montana Talks with Aaron Clint. All right, come up in just a few minutes. We'll, we'll open up the phone lines for you. Anything and everything you want to talk about here on Montana Talks, the number 406-294-0970, or you can call us through our Montana Talks app, or you can send us a message through the Montana Talks app as well, and we can share your message over the air. Uh, earlier this morning, I heard the uh, latest update here. Uh, every day of the legislative session, uh, Jeff Lasloffy, the president of the Montana Family Foundation, is providing a great legislative update on a number of different topics. And uh, the report he shared this morning is a very important one uh, with an urgent update as well. Jeff Lasloffy now joins us here on Montana Talks. Jeff, thanks for being with us once again. Hey, Aaron, good to be with you. Yeah. To me, I, I heard your report earlier this morning. I know it airs on uh, uh, several radio stations across Montana. Uh, this really is a key debate, a key piece of legislation that needs to pass, especially if you're somebody out there that wants to protect girls' sports or women's sports and, and opportunities for, for young ladies here in Montana. Right. We're talking about Senate Bill 458, and it's a bill that will define the terms male female, and sex. And the reason that's important is because historically we've used the term sex and gender interchangeably um, as synonyms. Well, they no longer mean the same thing. Uh, Sex is immutable. We know that it's binary. It's male or female. Gender is less uh, easy to define, but it's basically a spectrum from male to female, and a person can choose to be anywhere they want along that spectrum. The problem is it creates problems with things like women's sports. Uh, we have the issue in front of Judge Moses and Billings where um, where people want to go back and just state that they are a different sex and change retroactively the sex on their birth certificate. Um, there's about, oh, there's probably 200 sections of the code that refer to the word sex, where if you use gender instead of sex in that section of the code, the code makes no sense anymore. And so what we're saying is it's time to define sex in the Montana Code, to define the word male, and to define the word female, so that as we're discussing these issues such as transgenderism, we're all on the same page and discussing the same thing, having a rational, intelligent conversation, rather than two parties using the same word that means two different things. Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to think about this, too. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but just without being too uh, graphic, but you know, with this whole transgender debate that's going on right now, look, at the end of the day, you you know, somebody out there could chop off any of the body parts they want. They could you know, wear makeup. They they could put on, you know, a wig. They could dress however they want to, right, and identify however they want to. But it still doesn't change your underlying DNA. Your DNA will still say whether you are male or female. And so if we want to protect girls' sports, we, we, we have to very cl- clearly, uh, you know, define what the, what the biological difference is. Right, because in, especially in sports, it's the biological difference that makes the difference and allows these guys who are competing as girls to run away with every um, with every title out there, uh, every win, every first place win, um, because they're able to they're able to conflate the terms sex and gender. And so, if we can define sex in code and then use the word sex, it puts the judges in a box 
It doesn't allow them to play with the laws that are passed by the legislature, and it forces them to deal with the reality that there are only two sexes and that they are wildly different when it comes to their chromosomal makeup and their physical um, physical attributes and abilities. And some of the most high-profile cases have been, you know, back in Connecticut, I think it is in particular. I remember when you first talked about this a, f- a few years ago, where you very clearly had biological males, very beefy, muscular biological males that were destroying women's track records, that were taking away opportunities from these women. These women have since uh, fi- these young women have since filed lawsuits to fight for their opportunities. But this isn't just something that's happening elsewhere on the East Coast or on the Left Coast. It's happening in it's happened in the Big Sky Conference. I think you were the first yeah. to, to point out this video. It was a Big Sky Conference track meet. A biological male was like a quarter lap ahead of all of the, the females, wins wins this, this meet, and then eventually at one point had, had been named the Female Athlete of the Week for the Big Sky Conference, despite being a biological male. Right, and that, and that was in a championship heat that should have been won by, you know, one or two um, tenths or hundredths of a second. It should have been close. Instead, like you said, he beat him by about 30 yards. Yeah, so this is Senate Bill 458. Uh, what are some of the key points that you want to share, especially if, if our listeners, you know, we, we've got a very, you know, passionate uh, group of listeners that, you know, they, they don't want to just talk about problems. They want to tackle problems. So they're going to want to call their lawmakers if they haven't already. What, what are the key, key points that you think need to be shared? So the, the most important thing is we have a problem with judges right now that are conflating the term sex and gender when these good laws that are passed by the legislature go to court. And so we need to define the word sex. And the other side can try to define gender if they want. It's much more difficult to define. But we need to at least define sex so that it holds the judge's feet to the fire and they can't mess around with these laws. It's important that everybody, and we don't press this button very often, but it's important that everyone calls the Republican members of the Senate and asks them to vote yes on Senate Bill 458, vote yes on the bill to define sex. Um, the bill will come out of committee, we're, we're certain, um, but the question is, will it pass the Senate floor? And that's a little bit heavier lift. But folks can call the Capitol switchboard, and they can leave messages up for up to 10 senators in one call. And we only have 32 senators on the Republican side. So if they made three phone calls, they'd pretty much hit the entire Republican caucus in the Senate. Yeah. Um, that number that they need to yeah. that number they need to call. Hold, four, hold that four, thought four, if you can. Hold, or yeah, yep. you give the number real quick, and then we'll actually you'll hold that thought because we got a, we got a hard break coming up here in about ten seconds. Jeff Laszlo, if you yep. can stand by, uh, we'll come back to Jeff Laszlo with the Montana Family Foundation right after this. Take your phone calls and more. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right. I think Jeff Lasloff uh, with the Montana Family Foundation will be able to stick around for a few more minutes because uh, he's got some more Montana-specific examples that we need to talk about as well here when it comes to the importance of this uh, debate taking place in the Montana State Senate here uh, today. Uh, first, though, uh, Jeff, would you share that phone number with us for people uh, and, and the bill number again uh, that you'd like to use to urge people to contact their state senators? You bet. So the the bill number is Senate Bill 458, and the phone number is 444-4800. And a little inside baseball, don't email legislators. 
those emails get buried in huge email files and they never see them. If you want, um, if you want your message to reach a legislator, you need to call the number that I just gave you and those messages are transcribed and then actually placed on the legislator's desk so they actually see it. Yeah, and uh, I would encourage folks as well, if you have the Montana Electric Cooperatives Association, they have a uh, a legislative guide that also lists all the state senators and, and their various contact info. But you're right, there's a, there's that number that you call, and, and they will they will basically print up your message and, and hand deliver it, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, so that's that's huge. Uh, all right, well, uh, let's see. I know you have some more Montana-specific examples that you want to cover here as well. So stand by, Jeff. We'll, we'll come back to you here in just a second. But first, uh, let's sneak in a caller here. We've got Skip in Hamilton on the phone lines. Skip, what's going on? Good morning, Aaron, and thank you. And by the way, I think that 458 uh, bill, people do need to call in about it. So you know, I'm one of the people that calls in often. And I have my friends that we all care about the same things. Use that 4800 number. It works. And so, sir, there's a a bill coming up this afternoon that I thought was important enough to tell you about in the Energy and Tech Committee. And it's by Lee Deming out of Laurel. Uh, And and I'm looking at a legislative alert uh, to the Montana Department of the American Legion members. And it has to do with... Uh, uh, it has to do with the Montana National Guard, and I thought you would be mostly interested in this, Aaron, because it's uh, what the bill does is that it would preempt the governor of Montana from releasing uh, our soldiers and our airmen to to any active any active duty uh, without the Congress. Uh, having some sort of a declaration or action. I thought you would like to look into that. Yeah, that's interesting. I I got a note via Twitter from Liam McCullum, uh, who's a podcaster and uh, uh, kind of libertarian uh, uh, activist out there as well. I'm, I'm not too familiar with with that bill. I, I think it's known as it's called Defend the Guard Act. Uh, uh, I, I know it's it's something that's being pushed in other states around the country as well. My, my initial reaction is that I'm always hesitant whenever whenever we it, what it, I'm, I, I need. To to read more about the bill, but I guess what I'm always hesitant of is basically, like you remember in the early days of the war on terrorism, you had the Missoula City Council uh, trying to call the shots on international foreign policy. So I'm always hesitant, uh, you know, even if I understand where people are coming from, of of where you know we've got state issues to tackle, but yet, but yet, you know, here we are trying to basically, you know, run international foreign policy from the state legislature. But, but I also can see where they're coming from, uh, given, uh, you know, the abuse that's taken place in uh, the Biden administration right now. Skip, thanks for the call. Great to hear from you. Uh, back to it with Jeff Lasloffy from the Montana Family Foundation. Jeff, you had some more uh, Montana-specific examples when it comes to uh, this, this legislation, in particular, of why it is important that the state actually defines uh, the the, defi- the term sex and, and doesn't use this term gender, which is, I mean, how many different genders do they claim that there are now on the left? Oh, we're over 700 now. Is it over? I thought it was over 70, over 700. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's a long yeah, list. Yeah, it's amazing. So what, another great example would be um, 
part of well, so the bill itself actually is very short, just the definitions, but then the total bill length is 61 pages because it amends all these sections of code that have sex in them. One example is um, Title 13. It's the election law. It says that we're going to have um, committee precinct people. There shall be a male and a female. Um, it says it, one part of that, it says one of each sex, and literally like 10 lines down, it says one of each gender in the same section of code defining the same exact process. And so the problem is the two words mean very different things. So you could have a man appointed, and then you could have a man who thinks he's a woman appointed. And so when you look at this, in effect, you have two biological males. The women are cut out of the equation. They don't get a seat at the table and, by extension, don't have a voice. That's the, that's the crux of this. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Well, and, and what's crazy, too, is, I mean, you think about it now. Here, here's the same folks on the left who can't even tell you what the definition of a woman woman is, or more importantly, they don't want to try to give you the definition of a woman. Uh, and, and like you had in your in your legislative update today, earlier this morning that stood out, I, I, mean, I was just trying to think how many different, very important boards uh, do we have here in Montana where they specify you should have this many Democrats, this many Republicans on the board. You should have this many men on the board, this many women on the board. So not only are you taking away opportunities for for young ladies uh, to play sports, but now you're talking about removing uh, the voice of women from key decision making or uh, or you know uh, oversight bodies in official government capacities here in Montana, all in the name of this uh, agenda. Because if a man can just be on there and fill the woman's shoes. You're, you're taking away a, a, a woman's voice. Exactly, and that's the point. So we know now that the left wants to operate in this gray area that's created by the term gender. It gives them a lot of ability and maneuverability within that broad definition. We need to tighten that up and say we're going to stop using gender in the code and we're going to start using sex. And if, when we do that, we'll put an end to a lot of these games. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if, if you've got a take on this as well, but I saw a story that got national attention on Fox News over the weekend. Uh, the Wyoming Speaker of the House has apparently been blocking some key pieces of legislation, and uh, the uh, the Wyoming Freedom Caucus is finally calling them out. And the reason I bring that up is because, you know, I, these Republican lawmakers, if – you know, they got elected because the people of Montana very clearly want to stop this woke nonsense. If these Republican lawmakers don't stop this woke nonsense, I, they're going to face uh, some, some pushback. Here is the uh, soundbite uh, uh, from Fox News over the weekend. This was a tweet from Andy Roth. Wyoming's GOP House Speaker is getting heat from his own party for blocking two Republican-backed bills on parental rights and universal school choice. The Wyoming Freedom Caucus tweeting the legislation had, quote, been in the speaker's drawer for 24 days. A motion was made to suspend the rule to pull the bill out of his drawer. It failed 27 to 34. The Wyoming state speaker says he opposes the parental bill because it infringes on the authority of local school board. All right. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting that, that yeah, if if Republicans now got the ball in, in Helena, and if they fumble it, they could very well get uh, national attention. It, it was, I think, right. why it's important to share right. that story out of Wyoming. And isn't the Wyoming speaker somehow related to Liz Cheney? I'm just wondering here. <laughs> You've got to wonder, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, good, good point. Uh, what else do you want to share with our listeners here the next couple of minutes we got? 
other important Montana example that we have is the um, birth certificate bill. So that was litigated in Billings in front of Judge Moses. And Judge Moses, when he rendered his decision, at one point talked about um, people being able to uh, amend their birth certificate based on their sex. And then just a little further down, talked about people being able to amend their birth certificate based on gender. So even the judges are conflating the term sex and gender in the same piece of writing. And we cannot continue this way because, like I said, the two terms mean vastly different things, and it causes confusion. Laws are supposed to be clear, and not just clear, but crystal clear if possible. We can't have... We can't have two different terms meaning the different things used in the same context because it flat just doesn't work. And that's the reason that we need to pass Senate Bill 458. All right. Jeff Lasloffy with the Montana Family Foundation. And I know even for those who may not have heard your your legislative update on the radio earlier this morning on, on their local station, you are sharing those on your uh, Montana Family Foundation website every day as well. Very informative. It's been a great resort, uh, resource here in the first half of the legislative session. Yeah, and if anybody needs the details on this bill itself, it's on our website at montanafamily.org. All right. And transmittal deadline, that's this Friday, right? (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) Yeah, the legislature is going crazy right now trying to get through all the bills because anything that's not heard and passed from one house to the other automatically dies midnight Friday. And so everybody's scrambling to get their bills across from one house to the other. All right. Well, Jeff Lasloff, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for, for calling in this morning. Thank you, Darren. Take care. All right, you too. 406-294-0970 is the number for you. Uh, let's see, I got a, a message on our Montana Talks app uh, here. You know, I kicked off the uh, the show this morning by talking about the uh, the COVID scam. And uh, Woody Harrelson was on Saturday Night Live and summed up the COVID scam uh, uh, perfectly uh, by, by basically saying, this was like some bad movie script. I threw the movie script away, thinking that there's no way this could ever happen. And that's exactly what we have seen take place in America over the last uh, three years. Lori in Billings sent us a message on our Montana Talks app. This is a good question. This is a good question. Some of our listeners might have more insight on this. What does the Department of Energy have to do with the COVID virus and announcing anything about it? Yeah, I mean, Health and Human Services, Centers for Disease Control, but why would the Department of Energy be uh, doing a classified report looking into the origins of COVID-19. That's a that's a great question there from Lori in Billings, isn't it? How would you respond? Send me a message right now on our Montana Talks app, or hey, you can call in as well, 406-294-0970. On that front, Tim in Billings had a great question as well. We'll start there right after this. This is where Montana talks ag with Lane Nordland. This week, I'm out in Washington, D.C., joining Montana seed potato producers along with other potato growers from across the nation for the National Potato Council's Washington Summit. Cam Quarles is CEO of the National Potato Council. We've got a a number of different priority issues that we're going to be dealing with, Lane. Uh, Trade is always top of mind. So, you know, as an export-dependent commodity, incredibly important but we've got some other things that, that, are, uh, that are hot on the agenda for this coming year. You've got a farm bill that's being written right now. 
You've got nutrition policy. We've got some major, major challenges on the nutrition front. I think all of the organizations that support the potato industry are focused squarely on things like the dietary guidelines. You've also got all of the areas we're challenged in terms of government regulation. You've got a new WOTUS bill that's out there. You've got environmental policies that impact the availability of key uh, pesticides to be um, deployed on farms or prohibited from being deployed on farms. We want to look at all of those kinds of things. The National Potato Council is also keeping an eye on the fiscal year 2024 spending bill, which they want to see language included to help fund potato research and nutrition programs out across the nation. I'm Lane Nordland, reporting from Washington, D.C. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. This is where Montana Talks. Yeah, that was a really good question from Lori in Billings. Why is the Department of Energy the department that's releasing this classified report apparently here? First, a little background. Republicans are demanding answers from the Biden administration after the Energy Department reportedly admitted COVID-19 likely originated in a Chinese lab. The Wall Street Journal publishing an exclusive report saying the department changed its assessment based on new intelligence. A spokesperson for the Energy Department responding to the report to Fox News saying, quote, the department continues to support the thorough, careful, and objective work of intelligence professionals in investigating the origins of COVID-19, as the president directed. Despite the Energy Department's findings, top national security advisor spokesman Jake Sullivan says there is no definitive answer on the origins of COVID-19. Ah, see, as you can tell, the White House, even when their own Energy Department says, yeah, this uh, this came from uh, this came from China, came from the, uh, the Wuhan lab in China, their own Energy Department is telling them this, and yet, and yet, they're still providing cover fire for the communist Chinese. They're still making excuses for the communist Chinese. Uh, once again, many have raised the question, is this administration compromised because of the Biden family business dealings with the communist Chinese? Tim and, Tim and Billings asked a really good question on this topic. Tim's question was, is the deep state starting to turn on Joe Biden. Has the deep state, have some of these folks inside of these government agencies now realized that this administration is running cover for the communist Chinese, that this administration is so weakening America that now the deep state is turning on uh, the Biden administration? I thought that was a really interesting question because, I mean, think about it, especially the Department of Energy, right, releasing a report. Uh, I mean, Think about how embarrassing it must be right now to be an employee at the Department of Energy. Who is the most famous senior official that has been working in the Biden administration for the Department of Energy? The most high-profile Biden appointee for the Department of Energy. You remember that Sam Brinton character? I think he was finally forced out of his job now. He was like a senior nuclear energy waste official in the Department of Energy. He's the cross-dressing guy who steals women's suitcases so he can wear their clothes. Yeah, the guy who was, who was scamming uh, women's luggage at airports while he was traveling across the country, likely on the taxpayer dime. The worst was there was this woman from Tanzania. 
and she had very, uh, very unique looking kind of uh, African style dresses and and shirts that she would make. And she, no joke, saw some of the footage of this Sam Brinton character, and she could tell that's the guy that stole my luggage. That's the guy wearing my dresses right now. Uh, so, you know, so is the Department of Energy is the deep state? starting to turn on Joe Biden. That was the question from uh, from uh, Tim in Billings. Got a very interesting message here from Terry in Scobie that I want to share with you on that front as well with with regard to the COVID scam, not not the uh, not the women's clothes. <laughs> the COVID scam is the message from Terry in Scobie, but first let's go to let's go to Linda in Scobie. She's on the phone lines right now. Linda, thanks for the call. Yes, thank you. I'm just calling uh, people need to call their um, <clears throat> the 406-444-4800 in regard to House Bill 676. It's regarding fundamental parental rights so that the parents have the right uh, to make decisions for their school, for their children in school, so that they are not a center of indoctrination, but a center for education and put the control back in the hands of the parents where it belongs. So please call the switchboard and uh, vote yes on House Bill 676, please. Yeah, parental control is local control, the best form of of local control. Uh, Linda, now, is that the bill? uh, That's the bill by Representative Carrie Seekins Crow, right? Is that the one that's... I believe so. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because I went after the show on Friday. I I went down to the uh, uh, to the Brett's RV and Marine. They've had their big RV and boat show. So I went went down there after to check out the boats and the campers, and I ran into uh, former state senator Carrie Smith uh, out of Billings and and his wife uh, uh, Susan. And I was talking with the two of them, and and I said, "Well, this is great. You're no longer in the legislature. You can come to the boat show." He said, "Oh no, I'm testifying later today." And what what Carrie Smith was telling telling me is that, yeah, this, this legislation by, by Kerry Seekins Crow is, is good legislation because it builds on uh, something that he got passed in the previous legislation and now strengthens exactly you know what these schools need to be doing when it comes to informing parents of the type of the types of uh, explicit material their kids could be uh, could be coming across in the classroom. Yes. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Linda. Thanks for the call. 406-294-0970. And thanks for listening to KCGM. Great crew there in SCOBY. Speaking of SCOBY, Terry in uh, SCOBY sent me a message. You know, I opened up uh, by playing the Woody Harrelson clip where uh, Woody Harrelson perfectly sums up the COVID scam. And, and he did it all on, on the heels of this Department of Energy classified report pointing the finger at the communist Chinese in Wuhan, China. For those of you that missed it at the very top of the hour, uh, this was part of uh, Woody Harrelson's monologue on Saturday at Saturday Night Live. Okay, so the movie goes like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes and people can only come out if they take the cartel's drugs and keep taking them over and over. I threw the script away. I mean, who is going to believe that crazy idea? 
All right, there you go. Woody wraps it up. Uh, anyway, you know, elements of the COVID scam still continue to this day. Uh, here's an example from Terry in Scobie. So about a month ago, a Canadian farmer had a tractor delivered to Scobie from somewhere south of us. The United States Customs and Border Protection would not let him into the USA to get his tractor because he didn't have the jab. He had to go get his son to do it. Meanwhile, the southern border is wide open. Yeah, yeah. Got to hassle those uh, hassle those farmers over the COVID scam at the border. You know, why do we still have these uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau style policies in America? It's absurd. You got good people trying to come do business here in America, honest business, and they're getting hassled. They're getting rejected. They're getting turned away. We're wasting precious resources and precious time on our northern border hassling these fine folks. Well, our southern border is wide open, but not even just our southern border. We've got we've got work to do on our northern border. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. They've there was a report that came out uh, about a month ago when we were at the legislature and we were speaking with uh, State Senator Mike Cuff out of Eureka. He gave me a personal tour of the U.S. Canada border north of Eureka uh, last summer when we were there for the electric co-ops mid-year meeting. And But the, the news we got about a month ago uh, via CBS was that border crossings, illegal border crossings in one sector of the northern border alone are up like 700 percent. And we know that they're using our northern border to also uh, traffic people and to traffic drugs into this country. So we don't just have a southern border problem. We have a northern border problem as well. And yet our, our uh, great men and women – in Customs and Border Protection are having to shake down Canadian farmers who are buying tractors from America. Shouldn't we be encouraging people to buy American? Because, well, what, we're, we're still implementing the communist Chinese policies, so we're, we're making it harder for a Canadian farmer to buy American because we're still too busy acting like the pretty little Prime Minister Justin Trudeau or the communist Chinese Xi Jinping? I mean, it's just just outrageous. All right, phone lines are open for you, 294-0970. Over.com. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Uh, yeah, thanks to Skip in Hamilton. Skip called in earlier in the hour and asked if I was familiar with this uh, this bill known as the Defend the Guard Act. And so, yeah, like I said, totally understand where uh, the author is coming from here and the concerns, especially given the environment that we've that we've seen here in America in the last three years, where you've got, you know, like like. Joe Biden does the trip to Kiev, Ukraine, with the fake air raid sirens in the background that they coordinated ahead of time to make it look like he was doing this big, risky trip because they wanted to make him look like a hero. Meantime, he's been kicking actual heroes to the curb, heroes who have been serving this country on deployment after deployment after deployment, time away from their kids, time away from their families, proms missed. High school graduations missed, birthdays missed, births of babies that were missed. You know, they're, they're not like Pete Buttigieg, who can just go on a six-month maternity leave while he's transportation secretary. So they missed the birth of, of some of their kids. They missed birthdays. They weren't there to watch, the, you know, the the 
the corsage get pinned on. They weren't there uh, for for the graduation. They missed countless anniversaries and birth. Anyway, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off before I get a little too fired up on that one. But no, 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 they're not the heroes. They get kicked to the curb. But Joe Biden's the hero because of these uh, phony air raid sirens that were launched. Anyway, I, I did check in after uh, Skip and Hamilton uh, asked me about the Defend the Guard Act. Uh, Skip mentioned that there was an alert that went out uh, from the American Legion. And uh, full disclosure, I am an American uh, Legion member, uh, life member of the VFW as well. Uh, and uh, but I, I missed this alert, so I didn't see this alert. But uh, but what they what they did say here uh, reached out to Roger Hagan. Uh, and the the National Guard officer and enlisted association members and the American Legion members, uh, they're encouraged. They're encouraging folks to oppose the bill. They say that the bill, if passed, will destroy the National Guard in Montana as we know it. Uh, so that's just a quick read. I, but like I said, I haven't read the full bill myself or spoken with both the the opponents and uh, and the supporters of it. So. Uh, but did want to share uh, what what was mentioned there by their news alert. And full disclosure, uh, as Skip and Hamilton mentioned, um, I used to be in the Montana National Guard. Um, I'm, I'm a reservist now, but I, I typically, you know, I don't say my rank on the air because I don't. Here, here's my thing is I, I despise it when there's people in uniform that play politics while they're in their uniform, because to me, like, you know, that that is a sacred trust and you're there to serve the country, not to push politics. And so that's why I, I don't get on this show and tell you what, what my military rank is or was, or uh, and and I I don't often you know talk about my current service. I might talk about my past service in Iraq and Afghanistan and elsewhere as, as a veteran, but because I don't I don't I despise it when people play politics while they're in uniform. Case in point is Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman. What a disgrace and what a shame when he showed up. Before Congress, wearing his uniform and hiding behind his uniform when he was taking part in in the coup attempt against Donald Trump. And by the way, you know what? You know who bears some responsibility for for the innocent people who've been slaughtered in Ukraine? He does. Now, ultimate responsibility lays at the feet of Vladimir Putin. But 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 this Zelensky or this uh, this uh, Vindman character. You know what? If Donald Trump were still the president of the United States, there would have been no invasion. There would have been no slaughter of innocent Ukrainians. And so, so Vindman, you bear some responsibility for your part in the coup attempt against the president of the United States. And he did it in uniform. You might remember another military man who testified before Congress, a Lieutenant Colonel Wood. And remember, it was Benghazi. And we had an, we had an ambassador uh, murdered. We lost actual American heroes. They were left behind. And, and this lieutenant colonel was still in the military, and he simply testified. Uh, he, he led the security team that was protecting the ambassador. And then he, he talked about how they were pulling his security team out of there and how he, he said he protested internally and said, you got to keep us here. It's not safe enough. You need, he needs this security detail. And you know what? He wasn't. Launching a coup attempt against the president of the United States, he simply was giving his uh, personal assessment as the guy who was on the security on the ground. But you might recall, if you go back and look at the footage, he he's a Green Beret, highly decorated. He's a lieutenant colonel, and uh, and he showed up in a suit and tie because he, you know, and I, I you'd have to talk with him to find. But but Vinman, 
launching a coup attempt, taking part in the coup attempt against the president of the United States, shows up in uniform to hide behind his uniform so that he can jump on MSNBC and shamelessly sell books a few minutes later. That is absolutely disgusting. And it brings shame on the on the uniform anyway. But uh, but, you know, I, I tell you, you look around, you look at these woke policies that are being that are that they're shoving down people's throats right now. You look at the way they kicked these heroes to the curb because of this covid scam and more. And it's absolutely shameful. They're putting this country more at risk while the communist Chinese are ramping up. And uh, yeah, just the other day, there was a story about how the Pentagon, the political leaders at the Biden Pentagon now are demanding that the chaplains in the military bless men entering women's showers in the military right now. That's what this administration and that's what John Tester is doing right now. Well, the communist Chinese are literally right over our heads. Uh, Anyway, unexpected rant. Skip and Hamilton, thanks for the call. I appreciate it.